Last week I had a patient who came to my clinic and uh, she said that she wanted uh, some medicine for her sister. So I said, where is her sister? She said, her sister is not able to come. But doctor, could you please write down some medicine for her because she has severe pain in her uh, back. Her back is caught. It's totally caught. So I said, what happened? She's unable to walk. Her back is totally caught. So I just asked what happened. And what she told completely, I don't know what can I say. It was such a difficult, difficult testimony for me. And that is the reason I chose this topic today. Blanca was asking, Blossom was asking, Auntie, what are you going to teach on? And I said, God gives a topic after that I will teach. So fight, the topic is fight the good faith, be a warrior, because not many people are warriors. So what she said is that she has this sister of hers, and that sister had only one son who was 22 years old. And she had lost her husband many years ago because of some sickness. So it's only mother and this son. And this uh, son, uh, is a good boy going to work, coming back, 22 years old, just working, fell in love with a girl in the neighborhood. And then everything was going on fine. Then as usual in relationships, you have uh, ups and downs and probably fought with the girl, fought with the girl's father. And they wanted to put a criminal case against this boy. So fearing that, in a fury, he goes to his house, goes to the kitchen and takes the phone, calls his mom and says, Ma, don't search for me anywhere, come to the kitchen directly. So she panics, she runs, by the time he's hung himself in the kitchen. She runs into the kitchen and she lifts him up. He's a huge, he's a tall, big boy. She lifts him up, that's how she got that terrible catch and she couldn't bend. They somehow cut the rope in her arms. This 22-year-old child breathes his last. And she's completely broken, shattered, already lost her husband, now lost this only son, any any hope of living. And for the last couple of days, she's been running like a madwoman, trying to commit suicide in different places. Somehow, uh, people are around her are holding on to her and bringing her back. And this kind of uh, cases of, I don't know, maybe some, you know, probably two or three years back, I had asked the Lord, you know, Lord, if there are uh, anyone who is going to, you know, has a desire, like, or has an inclination to commit suicide, Lord, I would love to counsel them, you know, counsel uh, those who are in the point of total de- desperation in their life where there's no one to go. I, Lord, just, and people started randomly calling me up. I don't know how they got the number, you know, some call you at 2 o'clock in the night, some 11 o'clock in the night, some 5 in the morning, anytime they would call and they say they're so desperate that they have given up on life. This is, I don't want to live anymore. This is it. I can't take it any longer. My dad is like this. My mom is like this. My office is like this. My family is like this. My children are like this. And it's just crazy reasons. Crazy reasons. And everybody would say, no, this is end. That's it, doctor, you will not hear from me again. One girl went to the other extreme and she typed a message and said, this is my last message. Please do not call after me and that you will not pick my calls again. You will never hear from me again. And the whole night, I, I you can't sleep, right? Whole night you're praying and calling that number back again. It's 
coming number not reachable number not reachable the only thing that you can do is you can just kneel and pray and surrender that person to the lord and say lord you will bless her take care of her see that she doesn't commit suicide so this thought of why do people give up so easily why are people fi- not fighting why are not fighting we are not living in the time like you know when really there was times when your grandfathers if you hear the stories if you know the time that's the partition when pakistan and india was formed what kind of crisis people went to but people never thought of giving up their lives nobody committed suicide they would have gone through such issues in their life which would kill people but they never did so why are people now now this is the 21st century you have technology you have everything in your fingertips you don't have much of physical labor it's more of it jobs and this and people are just giving up why lord then god said teach teach and how they should fight how they should fight how should they fight the good fight we may be fighting other battles in our life but he says fight the good fight so be a warrior he says don't give up don't chicken out don't chicken out you need to be a warrior for christ and being a christian how crucial this teaching is for each and every one of us so i will share the testimony of a boy who fought this good fight this is the times of 1936 in the year 1936 this is a great depression that is taking place in america america was not a rich country at that point of time and this boy is born to his uh, parents father mother and this little child and by the time he is 4 years old he loses his mother he loses his mother his mother his mother passes away and you know when he is 5 uh, years old he comes down with a sickness called a scarlet fever and when he comes down with a sickness called scarlet fever his father scarlet fever his father is completely like doesn't know what to do how do i handle he doesn't have a wife he does not know how he is going to handle the small child he takes this little child puts him in a train alone all by himself from washington to the other end of the country he travels one day distance imagine this 5 year old boy alone in the train goes halfway across the country and there his father's aunt they go and receive him they take him to the house they also have no clue of you know how they are going to take care of this child there is no much of uh, treatment or anything that was given so there's a attic of the house you know the attics people have on top where you store your stuff so they didn't want the child to stay with them and you know they all falling sick so for one year they keep this child in the attic for one year they keep the child in the attic only by god's grace the child recovers when the child recovers now they do not know what they have to do with him they again go put him back in the train and send him back to his father halfway across the country all alone 5 years he goes when he completes 6 years he travels all the way back alone he comes back here now he his father has remarried father has uh, you know uh, step he's got his wife so a step mother for this boy joe and also got two steps step stones life goes on not easy in the house it's a difficult life for him but goes on he grows up he's now around 15 years of age he's how old 15 years of age and he's he's goes to school and one day when he comes back from school he's surprised to see that the family truck is parked in front of the house and the truck is completely loaded it is loaded with you know the entire they have packed and ready to move everything is packed and everything is packed and kept inside this truck and uh, his stepmom and his two step brothers are sitting right in the front and his father is standing near the porch of the house 
porch is like the small veranda in front of your house so father is standing here so this boy just walks by looking at the car his uh, truck he is perturbed he does not know what's happening then he walks up to his father and says dad what's happening and the father looks back and says uh, son we are all packed up and uh, we are leaving so he so where are you going he said we are going to the west coast oh daddy wait i'll just go pack all my luggage and come just give me a few minutes he says hold on boy hold on i said we are going i'm going your mom your stepmother and your two step brothers we are going you stay here you stay back here because your stepmother does not like you and she doesn't want you to come with us this guy 15 year old boy is left all alone standing there watching the vehicle which contained the only people he knew in his life all going away leaving him alone over there anyone who goes this kind of through this kind of a tragedy usually they will give up there's nobody in the world and as a small kid imagine left alone to fend for himself the parents everybody whom he knew all have gone off but that did not break jorins he didn't he didn't he didn't break he goes on in life he works he struggles he does labor work he puts himself into a government school and then he is good in some sports they pick him up they put him in washington university he goes into the washington university he is the only kid like one of the kids who is so ragged who is so ill dressed who is so shabby but he has no way nothing like whatever he is picking and ragging he is just sufficient to fill him up and uh, but somehow he gets interested in rowing he gets interested in rowing you know the rowing the boat race that you have he gets interested in rowing and gets selected into the school team and then he places all the league team league teams and then he does so well that he gets selected for the olympics he gets selected for the olympics and this olympics is taking place in berlin at a time when the nazis were there who was the nazi king hitler 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 was in hitler was in rule at that time this olympics was taking place and hitler had come and he was standing in the stadium watching this race boat race take place and imagine nine uh, american kids not the american kids that you think of now they are all well dressed rich <laughs> all have the best of everything in their life but that point of time they were not rich they were going through the great depression so you have nine ragged children who are wearing some sweatshirts and you know discolored shorts not well kept not well dressed and they are in this race along with the italians and with the germans and the germans are you know the people who are this regimental guys you know who you see in the army well dressed proper blonde looking handsome looking guys they have this swastikas that the emblem that of nazi it is all on them and looking fit as fiddle they were good and strong and they were, everybody who was standing and watching that match that day they said 100% germany will win nobody even had even one iota of a doubt that anyone could defeat them they were indefeatable at that point of time they were like the, the best and looking at the american uh, this rat kids nobody thought they will even anyway have any chance to come close to them but that day the unbelievable unbelievable happened by a fraction of a second these fraction of a second they calculated the distance just by 3 feet these people at the nth moment went ahead and won the match more than adolf hitler i think so everybody else also they were totally zapped by the total turn of events and this boy was so ecstatic and on him later on books were made you know they made this book called the boys in the boat you should go read that book it's a motivational book boys in the boat and on that also and based a main character of the story is this boy jorans 
Joe Rans. He's the main character. And this, they wanted to make a, write a book on them. They said that uh, he's, he put it down so humble, this guy is, that you will not only write about the story about me, but you should also write the story about the remaining eight boys also. So something that could have crushed someone does not crush this particular boy. Why? 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 I told you about the boy who just hung himself. There's nothing much. The maybe a fight with his girlfriend, or maybe some argument with her, with his, um, you know, the girl's father. Some argument, but he just got broken. But there is this other boy who has been going through crisis from the time probably he's four years old, lost his mother, you know, his father's indifference, stepmother, difficulty, fifteen years old, left to himself, but he does not die. He fights. How does he fight? Why does he fight? That is the reason that we are going to start. The main topic today is how we can become a fighter. How we can fight this fight of good faith. You understanding? Did you understand? So this is the basis like what I want to get it across today is do not give up. Don't give up. There are many people. You look around you everywhere. What do you see? Every other day you open the newspaper. I have stopped. I don't know. I don't know when I read my newspaper last. I opened the newspaper only to do my sudoku. Just to keep my brain, brain, uh, you know, getting. <laughs> I love to do the crossword puzzle, Sudoku. Sudoku, I do it every day. So Suresh opens, a, he sees a newspaper. It'll be my the Sudoku will be done, and the crossword puzzle. That's it. I or scan through if there is any medical epidemic going on. I just want to know. So I don't want the patients to surprise me. I should be aware if there is any epidemic going on in the country. So only that medical news something I read. Otherwise, I don't read the newspaper because it's too depressing. Because when you see everywhere, right, left and center, somebody has committed suicide, somebody has fallen down from the train, somebody has fallen here, somebody has burned themselves. Some crazy situation is happening in this world and everybody has gone mad. Why? And you know, sometimes the reasons will be so stupid. My, You know, like, you know, my mom didn't buy the shoes which I asked her. Child goes... Commit suicide. My boyfriend didn't message back to me. She goes, hangs herself. You know, you just need a little reason to destroy your life. Why? Why are they destroying for such silly reasons, which will be silly for us, but for them, they have made it so very crucial, so important for them. You know, when you read the book of Acts, verse 14, verse 22. Acts 14 verse 22 I'll read it for you There they strengthened the souls of the disciples and encouraged them to continue in the faith saying it is through many persecutions that we must enter the kingdom of God I'll read it again There they strengthened the souls of the disciples and encouraged them to continue in the faith saying it is through many persecutions that we must enter the kingdom of God Now who's they? They are you know, Paul and Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas is the early time Christians after, uh, you know, Jesus is uh, resurrected, gone, and they are all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, two by two, people are going and preaching into different, uh, different uh, cities and towns and countries. They are going and preaching the gospel. So, Paul and Barnabas have gone and they have been preaching in this, you know, Iconium. They have been preaching in Lystria. They have been speaking in Derby, in Antioch. And when they come, they are telling to the people over there that, that what you should do, it is through many persecutions that we must enter the kingdom of God. Two words that you have to literally underline is many and persecutions. Many and persecution. How do you enter the kingdom of God? It's not a 
is not a wide road it is a narrow road and that road also you will enter through many persecutions now most of the people who think they are christians they think okay i have accepted jesus as my lord god and savior i am a born again christian i read his word i speak his word so once he is my god he takes care of every situation in my life my family is blessed my children are blessed my job is blessed my you know uh, uh, um, what whatever you can think of my spouse is blessed or uh, materialistic every way i am blessed so i won't have any issues even if i have any issues i go to my lord he instantly makes it all right if i have a sickness he instantly heals me if i have a lack he instantly gives me if i have any other issues with my spouse he instantly makes it all right and so i have a very jolly good life here on this earth and then one day i just want to close my eyes and at the twinkling of eye the next moment i should be in paradise with him that is what many people think christian life is and it is very far from the truth that is not the truth christian life is not at all a simple walk with lord it doesn't happen if this walk if people are doing that is lukewarmness which i spoke to you last time that you are a lukewarm christian and and christ says what he says in revelation i will spit you out of my mouth he says if you have to enter into the kingdom of heaven it is through many persecutions not a single persecution it is through many persecutions and you will be persecuted for my sick you will be persecuted for my sick now most of the people want jesus to be like whom like santa claus or to be like an atm machine i have an issue i go give the you know i swipe my card i get my money right so i give my problem to jesus jesus takes it he addresses the problem and i'm set free it is like and as long as jesus continues to do that praise the lord hallelujah glory be to god i will come for all the prayer meetings i will sing his name wherever i go he is my you know the alpha omega beginning end my god my savior i love him and the moment you start seeing oh i've been praying now for last two months for this particular thing i've been praying last one year for my husband to be transformed i've been praying now last two years for my child to come back to me and i am not getting any reply i am not getting it back so who are you jesus where are you are you blind are you deaf can't you see don't you listen to my you know plea where are you gone and then slowly what you say that praise the lord will slowly come down like this like this like this like this like this next time you won't even even lift your hands anywhere it's gone you have rejected him totally why because you want him to be that machine whom you will go and he will supply your needs and moment that need is not met you instantly start rejecting him this like the small kids no you have seen them in shops they will go to the shop and they say i want that when i was a small kid i would go pick up anything that was red i don't know red was my favorite color anything that would be red i would go and just pick it up and i said i want it like that you know so the kids now also throw tantrums they go to the shop they pick up something and if the parents don't give them they throw such a, a tantrum over there that the parents out of you know you know they feel okay embarrassment or something they will either drag the child away and go or they don't know they will have to buy and give so we are like those kids i go to the lord i have asked you this you better give it to me and if you don't give it to me then i don't know who you are i reject you i'm not going to come to the mass i'm not going to come to any of the meetings i don't want you who are you you take your thing i'll go my own way we are behaving just like that and this is something called like the sugar daddies in the world now you know sugar daddies sugar daddies are the daddies who say the child will ask anything see the parents must have gone through a lot of sacrifice in their own lives they have gone through tribulation they have gone through pain they have gone through so many crises in their lives but when they have their children they don't want the children to go through any crisis they become like a helicopter you know like a helicopter have you seen a helicopter how it hovers so like that they hover over the child 
they're just watching over the child where is the child walking oh she should not fall down she should not fall down oh she should not nothing this should happen nothing should happen they completely protect the child from all direction have you seen those kids helicopter dads they are called and some dads are also called as have you seen okay in india we don't have a snow in in abroad they have this snow removing machines so at night itself they will put on the you know little bit of salt onto the ground and these machines will come and they will take away the snow so you have the snow snow removing dads also that even before the child can walk the father has gone and made the path clear so the child will walk straight child will not fall anywhere nothing wrong should happen to my child even in the school they have a problem they'll go talk to the teacher tell the teacher beforehand be ready and please don't tell my child all this my child doesn't like to sit with that girl or that boy please change the place you know they're doing everything to make the child's life comfortable and easy and how do you think this child will grow up how do you think the child will grow up <laughs> like a chicken okay he won't be an eagle okay now what will happen the child is never heard the word no in his life whatever he asks his parents have always given i have gone through so many problems in my life but i don't want my child to go through any problem so i will give whatever they ask if they ask for the moon also i will get if they ask for the stars also i will get i'll go beyond my means even if i have to take a loan and buy that thing and give it to them you know how many parents buy loans for their sons they need bikes enfield where is the they buy bikes and give them 1 and 1/2 lakhs 3 lakhs parents have sold their uh, jewelry they have put the house on you know given them on a pledge they have taken the money to buy those vehicles for the child and what the child will do has any value for it will take zoom on the road either he will crash into somewhere or he will destroy his life he has no value for it parents struggle for it for the whole life so is this being a good parent is this being a good parent no but that is how we want jesus also to be we want him to be a sugar dad for us that whatever we ask you you should give it to us and no troubles on our way nothing missing nothing broken ever in my life i should have everything full bank balance full <laughs> my kitchen full my children you know full bless everything but the truth is not is far from the truth the truth is that if you have to be a good dad you have to let your child go through trials and tribulations and persecutions in the life when he faces those trials troubles and persecutions only then will he be changed will he be transformed will he be able to stand when it really matters when you cannot stand with him right as a parent how long can you guard your child 18 in india how long you know sometimes 40s also they are staying with their parents right abroad it is not like that by the time they are 15 16 they are jao bhai jao you go live your life on your own but india we hold on to our children like never to let go like you were my child i carried you for 9 months in my stomach now i'll carry you till 99 years in my arms so if we don't let go of any of our children we want to keep them and we fight their battles all their lives and that's why when they face rejection they are unable to take it they go jump down from the top of the building they do any any crazy things without having even one iota of thought for the parents i'll tell you only selfish people can do this if they are so self centered only they can go and do take this extreme step if any at a moment of the time if they can even think at the end of the moment that there is a mom behind there is a dad behind there is a wife behind or other children behind they will never do this this extreme self centeredness why people do all this kind of that's why god is not a sugar dad remember underline it he is not a dad who will answer all your request he is not a helicopter dad neither he is a snow blower dad he is a good dad he is a good dad and who is a good dad a good dad is one who is there 
who's not gone away but he lets his child walk he lets his child fall he will be there to pick up the child if the child can't pick himself up and he is there to guide the child but he does not completely what do you say persecute the child in a way it's a kind of persecution you don't give the child the right to do anything you are making all the decisions doing for that and when you look back into the the stories of faith in the bible you see from right from genesis to you know to the book of revelation the great men and women of faith you look through their entire lives you will find a pattern of why they become the the their names are written in the hall of flame or the hall of faith why are the names written why are they counted look at abraham the first we say we call him the father of faith he was given the promise that he would have generation you know you are, you can't even count the number of stars you can't count the sand on the earth that would be great and mighty kingdom that i'm going to establish through you and through your generation is a you know david would come and jesus would come and the promise is great and he is given the promise in the form of a son called isaac and then look what god tells him to do god tells him that you go and you will go and sacrifice his only son he does not open his mouth to sarah he does not tell any to any of his team members but he just carries this child they are walking up that mount moriah and when they are walking up that mount moriah you can imagine what would be his heart condition how heavy would it be that this father who so loves his only son who took care of him from the time that he is born has to now take a dagger and cut his throat it's not easy it's not easy no one it's so impossible i can't even see a hen being you know cut so i don't go and buy from that shop because when i see that then i will never eat the meat so now we go to the shop where it's all ready made cut and then <laughs> you take it so and in that putting a dagger into an animal is so different now you have to put the dagger into your child's throat you have to chop your son's throat how would have been the heart of that man it must be heart wrenching for him and remember god just gave him the word all his journey up mount moriah god never spoke to him did god say abraham don't worry i'm there for you have you read anywhere in the bible has anyone god opened his mouth and said don't be disheartened i will honor what word i have said not a single word came from god he received the promise then but now god has given him a job to do he gets down to his business goes right up to mount moriah and he puts everything ready for the sacrifice and when he takes his dagger to do the final act at that moment does god interfere you understanding noah was given the promise that the world will be destroyed by water but i am going to save you and your family so prepare this ark and remember noah was not living near uh, a sea or living near a city where there is a source of water he was living in a desert he was living in a desert where the thought of rain itself was very far away and the concept that the whole world will be flooded with water was unthinkable and it did not take him one year two years three years to build the ark it took him 120 years to build that ark three generations passed by who would have seen noah build the ark the son would have seen he would have grown up got married now his son has seen now his grandson is also seeing noah is still building the ark and during that 120 years nowhere in the bible it is written god strengthened him god told him don't worry about what this people are making fun of you the child is laughing at you they are laughing at you they are laughing at you don't worry i am there for you it's not written in the bible anywhere you can go search never god intervened in between and said that i am there and there don't give up don't give up noah don't give up i am there 120 years mind it 
not one or two years sometimes for us one day two days three days one week two weeks one year if god does not answer we give up on god 120 years noah didn't give, did not give up on god and after 120 years when the god put them into the ark and shut the ark that time it is when the flood came in it took 120 years noah had to walk by faith he was given the promise only once he was given the promise once he just stood by went through the entire process and then he got into the ark look at gideon you know gideon he had to fight the midianites he was a scared fellow scared israelite god picked him up and then he told him now you go fight the midianites and when he has to go fight the midianites the they were a army of 135000 people so god continues to remove the army remove the you know rationing out the people that gideon is going to lead and ultimately it comes down to 300 people only so gideon has to fight a battle with 300 army men against a force of 135000 people 300 against 135000 if you see in the normal sense it looks like already a battle is like it's a waste even a small few small regiment of those uh, midianites can destroy all them all of them in no time they could be destroyed and look at the weapon god gave them god did not give them a bow and arrow or spears or a sword he told them in one hand you will take a conch you will take the which you blow you take a conch and the other hand you will take a you will take a lamp which is lit but it is hidden the light is hidden by a mud pitcher you know mud pitcher you keep water in the mud pots that's like mud pitcher and that is placed upside down onto the lamp so that you can't see the light he takes 300 army people goes into the battle with no weapons with only a conch in one hand or something what you call a blow which you blow i i'm not getting the exact word horn maybe it's yeah so yeah you blow with one hand and the other hand he has uh, you know a weapon or not a weapon it's, it's a lamp which is covered with a mud pitcher and uh, god says go now so he has to he goes there and he wins that battle with what god had commanded him to do nothing else god gave gave him a command he had to go into action and he wins the battle when joshua was told to go walk around the jericho when he is supposed to walk around jericho god gave a command that he will bring the walls down you know how big was a the wall there were two walls not a single wall there were two walls one wall is 12 feet high practically this height around 12 feet and the second wall is around 24 to 28 feet the second wall is 24 to 28 feet and in between them there is a gap of 14 feet and in that 14 feet that gap was so long the breadth was so much that chariots could go against each other could go around that it means so wide say 14 feet wide so they used to say six chariots could go in that in a file around it it is such a massive thing you know people who sing they have that huge voice no what do you call that soprano voice some of them oh they go sing like that and then one glass will crack somewhere you you must have seen no oh they'll go and then one glass will crack okay that is just glass imagine this is solid fort like if you take a fort like solid fort which is impenetrable where you cannot break it is easily they have made it to you know kind of fortify their city it is thick solid uh, cement and uh, you know everything gone into making it and if it can take this much of weight what was 
what was uh, what did God tell to Joshua? Just go walking around it six rounds without talking. I'm in seventh round. You scream. The wall will come tumbling down. The wall will come tumbling down. And he had to do it. He had to do it. What was Queen Esther called to do? Queen Esther, she's the only Israelite left. And, you know, a plan has been made to completely annihilate the Israelites. And she has to go and stand in front of King Ahasuerus. Who's the king? Ahasuerus. And Ahasuerus is a very cranky kind of a king. He's a very cranky kind of a king. And though she's the main queen, he has many concubines. And only when he calls can they go in his presence. It's not like you imagine a king and queen and king and queen are constantly in companion with each other. They're discussing things with each other. That was not how it was at that point of time. He had a queen. She was given the maximum importance. But he also had a you know, concubine, many queens, many concubines whom he could, you know, whomever he wanted, he would pick and choose for himself. So it was practically more than a month that she had even seen the king's face. Now she knows that if she goes in front of this king and she stands without without permission, the king would just, nobody is given that authority to go before the king without him calling you. You you know, he has to call you and then you come into his presence. Now she is going to go stand there without any kind of a appointment to meet this king and he is a crazy kind of a king. You know, he, she remembers what he had done to Queen Vashti. Vashti was the first queen. I have taught all this to you but I think so many of you have forgotten. I taught on Esther. Yes, okay. Queen Vashti was the first queen. And Queen Vashti, when king had asked her to come and she had refused, he had banished her. He had, he, from that day to today, from today onwards, I will not see your face ever again in your life. He's that kind of a king. And now she has to go and stand there. And if the king gets angry and he says, kill, not only she will die, the whole Israelite population, everybody would be killed. But she knew in her heart that she had to stand for her people. She had to go and stand there. Moses, you see the stories of so many, he had to go stand in front of the Red Sea. Imagine someone tells you, you have to go stand there in front of the, you know, you have you gone to Kanyakumari? Anybody? The three seas meet over there. Three oceans meet over there. That's my hometown, okay? Come there, come and see Kanyakumari. It's one of the most beautiful places. You have three different colors of because each of them are made up of different kind of sediments and different kind of colors of thing, you, you find in a place where all of them meet and you go stand there, it's a mighty ocean and you have a army of uh, 3 million people with you and behind you are the Egyptian army and there is no place to go and you just have to go and what has God told them? Just show your stuff and the sea is going to part and you are going to walk through the sea. But Moses had to do it. When David had to look at Goliath, totally impossible. But he knew that he has to fight Goliath and God will fight with him. And he didn't kill Goliath. You know the story. It is at the nth moment when he, you know, uh, put the sling, it is God who knocked Goliath from the back. Right? All that you know. So what is the common thing that you see in all of this? In The common thing, the thread that you see in all of them is that God spoke once. He gave them the promise. They had to execute it. And when they were executing it, God was not encouraging them anywhere. Nowhere God was saying, puttu, 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 my little child, my baby, don't get, I'll put bandage for your wound, I will do this for you. He said, no, no. You have to go through the process. You have to go through the problem. You will have to face Goliath. You will have to face the Red Sea. You will have to face the Jericho wall. You will have to face the king. You will have to do, do everything. And when you take the dagger to kill your son, that time I will appear. But till that nth moment, you have to fight the battle. I am not making the path easy for you. Because I am a good dad. 
I am not a sugary dad. I am a good dad. Now you look at three people who go beyond this. At least all these people had a promise from God. God had given them the instruction. But look at Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. You look at those three people. Nowhere it is written that God spoke to them anywhere. You you hear God speaking to Daniel. That's the book of Daniel you will see. God is speaking to Daniel so many times. Telling, giving Daniel instructions and Daniel is a man of prayer. He's in communion. He's communion with God. But these three boys who are also with Daniel, there is no mention that God communicated with them directly or gave them any message. But these three boys, when they stand before the king and the king tells them that you need to bow down and worship this huge idol that is made of mine and if you don't worship me I am going to throw you into that furnace I am going to throw you into that furnace what would they do what would anybody do even we were there if it was our brother we will pull them down hey stupid fellow put your head down man what is wrong with you we will pull them down put your head down the whole congregation everybody is bending down what's wrong with you we will pull them down yes or no it's horrible death you look at that fire and he had heated it up seven times more that even people who were far away, they were singed and they were getting burnt. But these three people who had no word from God, God had not spoken them, given them any word of encouragement, given them that I will be with you, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, I am with you. We have that. We have that. But they didn't have that. This is the Old Testament. They didn't even have that. But these three boys, they say, if a God who is able to deliver us, he sets it free, so be it. But even if, but even if, He does not deliver us. Let it be known to you, O king, that we will not bow down before your idol. We will not bow down. Means if my God takes me out of the solution, praise God, I'm happy. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, we will not bow down before your statue. And what happens? They are led to the fire. They walk into the fire. God does not appear there. Does God appear? As they are walking into the fire, does God come and say, oh, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. No, I have seen your faith. No. They walk into the fire and in the fire, in the midst of the fire, is where God appears. And nothing happens to the three of them and they walk out completely untouched. Not even a singe of the hair was burnt with that fire. In But uh, the people who were also nearby, they got burnt who had nothing to do, they got burnt. So many of them get burnt, but nothing happened to Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. This is the higher level of faith that we need to reach. We have been hearing the faith of Abraham, faith of Moses, faith of uh, you know Gideon, faith of Joshua, faith of Joseph, everybody in the Bible. But I feel the Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego take a step ahead because they are not walking by saying, Oh Lord, if you answer my prayer, praise God. But these go a step ahead and say, Lord, even if you don't answer my prayer, I am worshipping you. You are my God. I don't care. How are we? Lord, you heal me. I will come and worship you. You you cure my my wife from cancer. You cure her from some sickness. You cure her from X, Y, Z. I will come and worship you. And if you don't care, what happens? People would have not walked into the church for 20 years. It is, I'm not telling just simply things. There are so many people. They have stopped coming to the church. They stopped coming to the meetings. They are so angry with God. They're so angry with God. God, I put this request into yours. You are a God. You are a capable God. Everything is you can do, but you didn't do. So you don't love me. You have turned your ears to me. You are not answering my prayer. You know how many messages come into my mobile who says, every day they say, you know, 
God has not listened to my prayer. I don't think so. God loves me. God only loves you. He has no place for me in my heart. He's not doing this sister to me. He's not doing that sister to me and all that stuff. Have you forgotten what God has done for you? In fact, it will be other way around. They should be asking, what have you done lately for me? What have you done lately for me? I remember, yeah, last uh, one month back, yeah, I remember you did something in my life. I know, I remember even one year back you did something in my husband's life. I know, yeah, yeah, I was literally in deathbed, you brought me out. But lately what did you do? What did you do yesterday? What did you do today? What have you done now? We have become such a mercenary group of Christians that we want God to constantly listen to our tantrums and answer all our prayers and requests. And God says, I will not do that. I am not going to do that. Because I am not a sugar daddy. You understanding? Did you get? Why are you all looking at me? Because mostly the prayer is ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be opened unto you. It's a true prayer. I'm not denying it. But it does not happen every time. You may, you may be seeing in your lives. Many times you prayed, you got instant. You got instant response. You prayed today, maybe tomorrow only you, the door was open for you. Or you knocked and everything you, whatever you asked, you received. But it's not going to be a pattern that you can fall back and that every time I ask, I will receive because God is not going to allow you to go through that. Because then if He gives everything that you ask, instantly you will become like a, that, that child who's, uh, you know, throwing tantrum on the ground. You will be same like that in the spiritual realm. What you will be? Like that kid in the spiritual realm. And he doesn't want you to become like that because that if you remain like that, you will not become the person he has created you to be. You understanding? So God is a good God, but God is not the kind of God that you are looking out him to be. He is not a helicopter dad. He is not a sugar dad. He is not a snowblower dad. He is a God and also a good God. And when he is a good God, he will let you go through some trials and tribulations. Now how do we fight this good fight? By itself it became straight. Huh? Some miracle took place. Huh? It became totally straight. Thanks Richard. Did you understand? You are angry with me for teaching this? Huh? It's good to give a message. You ask and you will get it liked. Right? But this is saying a message like sometimes God is not going to give it to you. So, you are angry? No. So I don't want you to become chicken. Like who said chicken? Yes, Joshua. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Jeevan. You don't have to be a chicken. God called you to be a eagle. He's called you to be a eagle. An eagle has to fly high up. An eagle always faces the storm. The other birds go down and hide when the storm is there. But what does an eagle do? Flies, goes and meets the storm. Goes and meets the storm. You know, that's how we are called that. You need to go and face your storm. You need to go and face your battle. You don't chicken out, but you go headlong into the battle. Now we come to the main part of the topic is, how do we become like this giants of faith? How do we become like this giants of faith? What is the difference between them and where are we going wrong in our life? Okay, where are we going wrong in life? To understand this, we'll take the book of Mark, chapter 4, 35 onwards. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John are the Gospels. So Mark is the second Gospel. So you take the book of Mark, chapter 4 onwards. In that uh, verse 35 onwards, is that, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, He is Jesus. 
let us go across to the other side and leaving the crowd behind they took him with them in the boat just as he was other boats were with him a great gale arose and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion and they woke him up and said to him teacher do you not care that we are perishing he woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea peace be still then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm and he said to them why are you afraid have you still no faith but they were filled with great awe and said to one another who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him now you remember till now jesus has been giving them theory classes to all his disciples he was giving what class theory sitting in the class listening to the lecture very interesting right yes yes we will shake our head everything is good everything is nice very good to listen yes i will fight my battle i will do this yes lord every time peter also used to say no like you walk i am walking with you and moment he you just forget 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 about it you just sit just sit, sit forget if anything falls and uh, i can still teach without those notes <laughs> so forget about it so concentrate okay so Okay Peter Peter also used to say moment uh, Jesus would say something yes Peter I am there I am there I will be with you even if the whole world deserts you but I will not leave you and who leaves him first Peter runs away he's there he's in the background he's walking seeing what is happening with Jesus but when the actual time that he has to stand there he runs he runs theory is very easy to take for everybody we can mug up even you can do full copy word by word you can write it down and go and give and get 100% marks the problem comes when you have to come to practice in medicine also no it's not theory practical is more important right theory you can learn everything when you see a body over there then theory and body look uh, very different no then you have to go when you have to actual otherwise you're learning as theory make an incision do this do that pull this out pull this out theory is very easy but when it comes to practice is when you are actually applying what you have learned in theory so till now jesus has been giving them theory classes telling them all the parables telling them how the world is going to be what is going to happen what you are going to do how the kingdom of god is going to happen and now this is the first time he is taking them into okay now let us go we'll have a practical classes today so the whole session is over and then he tells them he is taking them let us go to the other side let us go to the other side so they are standing over here there is a sea and now we are going to go to the other side so we have to go and sit into this boat so through this story we will come to know how god is going to help us teach us to build our faith when you have to join how many of you made the decision when the new year comes i am going to go and do exercise i am going to build my muscles nobody wrote down that no all are very good students i told them let your will be done you are only following that you have not made any other <laughs> no going to the gym no exercising no giving up on alcohol no giving up on sugar and all nothing nobody made such god such wonderful children lord thank you so much let your will be done as written yes have you written that yes now are you going to the blessed sacrament and saying every day let your will be done yeah so praise god his will will be always good for your life but the journey will be little tough so but the end result is his will is always good so the first step is what does god do he brings you into the storm now listen to my word carefully don't go and tell afterwards dr lena is teaching wrong he brings you into the storm what does he tell them read let us go across to the other side and leaving the crowd behind they took him with them in the boat so the disciples are there they also take jesus in the boat and they go 
the other boats are also there and when they are going there what happens a great gale arose gale arose means gale means a storm a huge storm arose and the waves beat into the boat the waves are just hitting and all the side the wave the boat is like just going in a hayward direction it cannot take any path of its own it is just being thrown around by the storm now for the disciples remember many of them were good fishermen they were not uh, city collar job people they were all people that jesus had picked them up and many of them were very good fishermen so they must have seen some storms in their life yes or no they would have seen storms in life but this storm was really different because they all got frightened they literally got scared of the storms in their life literally like jesus is leading them into the storm they are going into a situation where probably they would die they will be killed that day it will be the end of their journey it is finished for them that much kind of a fear took them because of the storm that hit them at that point in their life for the fishermen the storm was a cause of their fear what is the cause for our storms in our life like suddenly you get the news that someone is diagnosed with cancer right that is the worst thing that could happen now the cancer word has become the 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 magic word which can cause fear in anybody's anybody you know everybody panics moment they hear the word cancer everybody is destroyed it's a cancer or someone just gets the news that uh, you lost the job now there's no money in your bank you are completely bankrupt you have no money in your bank that's a big storm in your life or there's a case that the husband and wife have now can't live together divorce that becomes a storm in their life big storm major storm i'm not talking of simple uh, issues that you fight on a regular basis but i'm talking about facing a storm in your life huge storm in your life that storm that could destroy you and who is leading you into that storm jesus is leading you into the storm now remember carefully the storm was not created by jesus always remember the storm was not created by jesus now you cannot say okay jesus needs to develop my faith so he is getting me into this kind of a problem so through this problem he is going to teach me no 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 jesus doesn't have to do that the storms will be created because of the decisions that you have made in your life the wrongs that you have done walking in unforgiveness walking without love there are so many reasons spiritual warfare there are any nth number of reasons that could be the cause of the storm but still jesus will hold your hand and lead you into the storm storm not created by him the sickness was not given by him the divorce or whatever thing was not created by him the bankruptcy was not created by him but jesus will lead you into the storm are you understanding jesus will himself lead you into the storm he will take your hands and take you into the storm did you get it if you have any doubts please ask me okay okay the first step is he brings you into or he leads you into the storm now what the what did jesus do with the disciples they said come we'll go to the other side so the disciples said yeah there is a boat master come and sit with us in the boat and we will go to the other side the sea looked the river looked calm there was sea looked calm there was no sign that there would be any kind of a storm there was no kind of anything that they would have any kind of a difficulty reaching the other side it looked smooth and nice and many of those disciples are fishermen remember they are fishermen who know how the seas if they had predicted there is going to be a storm would they take the boat they will say no master it looks the sea looks rough today let us not go today we'll go some other day it's not good to say but the 
journey when when they looked it everything looked calm but when they went into the boat and they went a little distance suddenly suddenly the storm hit them for those people who were also fishermen the storm shook them because it was not a simple rough ride in the sea it was a storm which completely wrecked the boat in different direction that they thought that they will overturn they will fall they will die now for us what are the big storms in our life what are the big storms in our life we fight daily battles on a regular basis we fight with the children we fight with the husband we have issues in the office we have issues in different place we have issues with money these are some minor kind of issues in our life but look at the major storms in your life what could be a major storm i said major storm for some people is sickness like if you say you know you're okay you have been diagnosed with cancer and you will live another 2 months that's a major storm for you or if you say you're bankrupt there's no money in your in your account your accounts have been seized you cannot withdraw even a single pie and you have no money or food to feed your family that's a storm in your life a big storm think about big storms or you're getting divorced or your children have gone completely the wrong way somebody is a drug addict somebody is an alcoholic big battles that you're facing the major storms in your life and the thing is these storms are there and this storm is not created by god god has not created that storm remember he is not the author of anything evil in your life but he himself will lead you through the storm he will lead you through the storm what he will do he will lead you through the storm and when he leads you through the storm we will come to the next step what is the next step did you understand got it the first thing is he leads you through the storm then he allows the storm to test your faith the second point is he allows the storm to test your faith what he does he allows the storm to test your faith when we have uh, children you know and suppose there somebody is uh, running and you see there's a pit around what would you go do you will run faster than your child and pick up the child even before the child can uh, even go like that you would have carried the child up right you do that right it's a human uh, natural uh, instinct you know like you are constantly watching your kids usually mother and kids are examples are easy to understand so we protect the children so much but here what is jesus is doing he is letting them go 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 through you fall you will fall i am here if there is an issue i will deal with it but if you are going to fall i am not going to come and pick you up i am standing here but i will not pick you up so what is happening in the boat for all those people this total panic they are dread they are fear there are they are in anguish they have every negative seed that is inside of them you know you know when we get the news like suppose you get the news i've got cancer you go talk to the person what is the pain ah uh, yeah no no problem doctor just said that it is a cancer and maybe two more months i will live do they say like that do they say like that any person even if they give two years to live also or 10 years to live you know what happened to me you know this i can't how can they do to me you know I've been diagnosed with this and i don't think so i'll live you know i think before that only i'll die i don't know what am i going to do i don't know what my family is going to happen and they are it's like crazy situation are they calm you don't even say cancer even if you had typhoid also to them you know what happened doctor they have diagnosed me with typhoid like as though you have given them the last sentence death sentence finished over done typhoid nothing else beyond you people react like that so cancer is even more more fear more fearful sabina just reminded me sometime back we were discussing she had come to my clinic maybe 3 or 4 months back and that time she was telling and i told sabina this is not to give any glory to me it's all glory belongs to god i said i have reached such a point in my life that even tomorrow if they say diagnosed cancer i'll say so what 
so what if i survive i will do his work if i don't survive i'm going to be with my lord it does not scare me at all i have no zero i mean to say no zero fear of death i have zero fear of death so it doesn't you know it's not something that oh my god finished over my life is over my family is over everybody is over everybody is over god is over everything is over lord i am never going to come back no more novenas for you no more tuesday no more thursday no more sunday mass i don't want you how people give up on god so easily how do you think god gave that cancer is a god creator of anything evil in this world people have you know changed there is ingrained into the mind anything that comes from god oh you are god no but you are god no you are god means and why you can't take care of my cancer why is my child sick oh you are god no so where is your free will what are the decisions that you made in your life are you walking in unforgiveness have you forgiven somebody have you done that that time you have not thought about it all those things which are happening are a probably a manifestation of the negative decisions that has been made by you by your family by spiritual warfare whatever there that's a different reason why people fall sick but whatever happens god is not the author of it but even in that situation you turn to god god will lead you through out of it either it will be victory or you walk in a higher level of trust and say lord even if i'm die i will be with you in heaven still it is double victory in fact it is more better to die is okay to live is okay but even if i die is still okay we have to reach that level i want to build your faith to the point where you say i live for christ i die for christ it doesn't matter doesn't matter doesn't matter whatever it is like shadrach meshach abednego lord if you come and you save me praise lord but even if you don't save me i will still love you till the last breath of my life that is trust we have to move from this uh, lukewarm faith to a strong faith and from there we have to move on to trust are you understanding are you getting the point so it does not matter whether you i get healed or don't get healed whether the marriage survives does not survive whether the children are restored or children are not restored my job is to speak his word continue to speak his word and the end result i leave it to you the end result i leave it in your hands i will not dictate the end result the end results i leave it into your hands that is walking in that faith and believe me when you walk in that kind of a trust god always intervenes god will always intervene the intervention will be always good if i close my eyes i am in god heaven if i keep my eyes open i am on earth but whatever i do i am doing it for god are you getting it or you are all staring at me with such faces i think it is not entered your head not it's too heavy for you are you understanding yeah because you know we are still walking like baby toddlers saying mama i want that ribbon please buy and give me same way we are looking at jesus jesus i want that give it to me if you give me good mama good jesus we don't give me and then we look at jesus and say i i don't like you jesus at all i don't believe in christ i don't believe we are walking that walk till today not you even me all of us are in the same boat i am not walking any different walk i face the same battles like all of us but what jesus is asking us to be he is asking us to rise up like suppose if a company is manufacturing cars what would they do they would put the you know the best design now technology behind the best machine they would get best tires they get the get best people to manufacture completely after that what will they do will they release it into the market what will they do they will put it to the test they will have to put it to the test 
increase increase accelerate accelerate and see look at the brakes if you put a sudden brake what will happen then they will simulate an accident and see if the vehicle can withhold that kind of a pressure coming against it and when it comes to that point does the airbag open up are the people who are inside the vehicle safe it has to go through all that kind of testing only then after that can they release that car into the market okay otherwise i say oh i have i have a wonderful design i have a german technology i have this technology i have the best machine i put it all together and i release into the market they can't do they have to put it to the test if it will stand the test the same way we also are all manufactured different parts of our body liver lungs mouth piece everything all this is manufactured by god and he has made a beautiful mat- uh, piece but we are a structure made like that but is that all that god created us to be he has created us for excellence and how will you become excellent you have to go through storms in your life you have to go through that problem you cannot stand on the shore and say let me see if the water is cold and put one toe inside and see okay two toes inside it no a little cold and i don't go swimming today i don't want to do and i'll go back home and i will sit will you become a swimmer you will not become a swimmer you will not have the capacity to go against the tide you will not build your physical muscles and you will amount to nothing maybe the maximum you can do is you can jump into your swimming pool and you know move your hands and that's all i do okay swimming that's all i do for all the life of me i can't get to beat my legs or do anything in the swimming pool i don't know how people manage one day after my medical college you know i had finished i was doing my internship standing near a pool and uh, uh, my friend and i was wearing jeans and i was as thin as thin as maggie probably at that time okay not now so even jeevan is uh, <coughs> he's telling ah! <laughs> okay so at that point of time much before marriage say 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 30 25 28 years before so i was just standing next to the pool and this all the f- friends were all in the swimming pool and they were all having a good time and they say you come into the pool i said i don't know to swim and no way no way no way near the swimming pool and one girl came from behind and she just pushed me with jeans and everything right inside the water you know and i went head down didn't know and i thought that was the last day of my life all the water went gushing into your face you know how you feel it like into your mouth into your lungs everything on oh, struggling and fighting and the jeans become so heavy and when i didn't come up to the top for some time they realized she was speaking the truth she actually does not know how to drive <laughs> to swim then they came and they dragged me and pulled me out you know so swimming is not the part of my life i'm just giving this example it could be anything so if you want to become a swimmer and stand on the shore and keep looking at it and then looking up then looking at it and looking up you will never become a swimmer what you have to you have to go diving and you have to move your hands you have to move your legs you have to learn to go against the tide and you have to keep at it one day you will go and become a swimmer no you have to keep practicing and practicing 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 and then will your muscles become strong and now when you go in for a battle or when you go in for a in a match or you go in for a tournament you will be able to fight you will be able to win the thing so what does god do here he does the next thing is first he leads you into the storm and the second step he allows the storm to actually test your faith he keeps quiet can you see jesus doing anything they have gone in they have gone into the storm they are all panicking everybody is panicking everybody is going crazy they have been thrown here thrown there thrown everywhere and jesus is not speaking a single word nothing there is nothing about jesus looking at the storm being you know observant of the things around him nothing he's just keeping quiet letting the people get battered by the storm he is letting them get battered by the storm so we whenever we get into a battle at the first point that we enter in we say lord save me we say 
Lord, instantly say me, say me, say me, say me, Lord, say me, say me. The Lord says, no, move your legs. Learn, learn, learn. Move your legs. Now move your hands. Now take a deep breath. Start breathing. Start breathing. Come up. Come up on top. Start breathing. He does not come in instantly. But suppose is a father who loves his child very much. The moment they throw the child in, the father also jumps in to pick the child up and come out. Will the child learn to swim? What will the, you know, you have seen the swimming, uh, the tutors, what they do? They take you and just throw you inside. You know, I used to, I used to get so angry. I didn't know all this teaching. You know, I used to wonder, is he a human being? I'm going to put a case against him. How can he put my child into the swimming pool like this? If my child dies, like, you know, as a parent. At that point of time, he just took Aniki and then he threw him into the pool like that, you know. And that guy was like, just absolutely lost. like. And he came up and then he got up, he ran, he went into the toilet. And after that, every class he'll be inside the toilet. He will not come out and he will go any swimming. I'll be standing outside, Aniket, half an hour left. Aniket, 15 minutes left. Ma, I'm coming, I'm coming. Aniket, 10 minutes left. Aniket, 5 minutes left. And this guy would not come out of the swimming pool. Because this guy just took him and dumped him into the center and that experience was so scary for him. And I thought if, uh, then Suresh said, if you go with him, he is not going to learn swimming ever in his life. So I will go with him and he put him in uh, Joseph's swimming pool and then he went with him and, you know, kind of learned to kick. And there the master did the same thing, but he didn't do it in day one. He did it in day three or day four. So by the time he had got a little hang of the water and he learned swimming, the same process even Nicholas went through and everybody went through, you know. So the thing is that God... If we in, uh, go, moment we ask something and God instantly gives us, we will never learn it. We will never learn how to now kick our legs or move our hands or anything, you know. So God lets us struggle for some time. He lets us struggle for some time and he's watching what he will do. And the third part of the step is Jesus leaves you in the storm. What he will do? He will leave you. He will abandon you in the storm. He leads you in the storm. First he is the one who has taken you into the storm. And then what he does? He's now, you know, he's there and he says, okay, he allows the storm to hit you from all the sides. And the third part is even worse. Goes more deeper, he leaves you. You'll be looking around everywhere, panicking. My mom is getting more sick. The sickness is overtaking her. Our uh, financial situation is touching rock bottom. My child is going against everything that I'm teaching him or teaching her. Everything is going hunky-dory or hitting rock bottom. And you cannot have Jesus. You cannot find Jesus anywhere. He leaves you in the storm. Means leaves you in the storm means you cannot see him at all. It is like that part of the wilderness like I taught you in spiritual dryness where you reach that last point and you say Jesus is not there. He's left me. I can't I can't see anywhere Jesus. So what is there happening? What is Jesus doing? When these people are all panicking, everybody is scared, everybody is uh, uh, screaming, everybody is frightened for their life. What is Jesus doing? He is sleeping. He is sleeping. Can you sleep in a storm? If you go in the boat only, you can't sleep. The boat will go this way, the boat will go that way. You'll also, your body also will move along with the size of the boat and sometimes you feel like puking, sometimes you feel like vomiting. But And how Jesus is sleeping with his eyes completely closed on a cushion. Imagine the posture of Jesus in the storm. If we were there, we would have looked at him, are you, what's wrong with you kind of Lord? I am going through this crisis and you are sleeping like a baby? You know what, how many people are coming against me? You know, how many people are butchering me? How many people are uh, standing on the door, knocking on the door, you know, loans to be paid, bill has not been paid. The child is behaving like this. All crisis. Tomorrow the case is in the court, Lord. And what are you doing? You are sleeping with your eyes closed? His eyes are closed. His posture is absolute like a baby, fast asleep on a cushion. 
Jesus is totally for the world. It looks like Jesus does not care. He is fast asleep on the cushion. In the in the eye of the storm for us, he is fast asleep. What we, we would expect Jesus to do? Okay, there's a problem now. Okay, Jesus gets up and he says, Okay, now Lena is in a major issue. Okay, what is the issue she's dealing with? Okay, let me go and fix the problem for her. He goes and knocks on the doors of the hospitals or here, there. He gets the finances ready. He gets this ready. We expect, you will expect your father to do that when you are in a, uh, you know, deep financial crisis and you say, Papa, I don't have money to do this. And what Papa will do? Okay, he says, let me see, Papa, let me see how much money is in my account. Or I'll ask my friend or I'll ask somebody else and they will try and get some help for you. So you expect Jesus also, I am in the mid of a crisis, everything is tearing apart for me and where are you? And you find Jesus is nowhere. Why? What is he doing? He is fast asleep. His ears are closed, his eyes are closed, there is no response for him. And he leaves you in the storm completely, you will not feel him at all because this is the stage of your conditioning happening. This is your stage of your conditioning happening. You pass this phase, you will be able to overcome. This is that particular part of your, when you are going through the storm, when your spiritual muscles will actually develop. Either you will be built up or you will break away. Two things can happen to any individual. Either in this phase you will be completely built up your spiritual muscles will go through so much of uh, uh, resistance and so much of pressure and in discomfort and everything that you will develop in faith or you will completely break down. These two things can happen. Now for a non-Christian this will, this can actually destroy them, take them away from any kind of faith they will have with any kind of God. But for a Christian, this should not be a point of breakdown for us. This should be a point of a build up for us. Even though I do not see Jesus in my situation, I know that Jesus is still with me. Because his word says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you every moment of your life. I am the one who formed you. I conceived you. When you were conceived in your mother's womb, I knew you. I put you together. Every bone, every marrow, every joint, I knit together and put in your mother's womb. I knew you. But he takes that point of silence. At that point, we are getting conditioned that, okay, now I can face the storm. Now I can face the storm. And the storm will rage for some time. For someone, for a little while, for someone, a little longer while. Depending upon on how fast you develop your spiritual muscles. If you develop your spiritual muscles faster, you will overcome that conditioning stage very fast. But if you are not developing your spiritual muscles, you will continue to be in the storm for a longer period of time. He's a good dad. He's not a sugar dad. He's a good dad. And he wants you to become the person he has planned that you will be. Like if he expects Neil to be this man of God, he wants Neil to mature to that kind of a spiritual realm that he'll be like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Like if my God answers me, praise God. But even if he does not answer me, praise the Lord. Till that point, I want him to build his spiritual muscles. Are you understanding? Did you get it, Neil? Did you understand? So he will let you go through that conditioning phase and he will go to sleep. It's not that He is the God of the whole world. He is the creator. He is everything. You think he does not know what's happening around him? You think he does not know the people are panicking, people are scared, people are crying, people are in fear, people are in worry, people are in anxiety and there is a storm that is throwing them all around. But he is keeping his calm because in that phase is your spiritual muscles strengthened. As you went through the storm with him, you entered the first step, he led you into the storm. And the second was what? 
he lets the storm test your faith he he keeps quiet and the third part is he leaves you in the storm you won't even be able to see him at least before you will have words of reconciliation you will have some kind of communication that you know that jesus is there with you but at this phase you will not even feel his presence you will not feel that he is there you will feel that he has abandoned you completely and this is the phase that many 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 spiritual leaders reach that phase and from that they get completely destroyed there after that they are not able to go to the last phase they are not able to walk up to the last phase many can't even cross the first phase those who cross the first phase reach up to the second phase and they are strong if they are remain in the second phase their build becomes strong god will go into the third phase where he leaves them the moment he leaves them they have come back to total no faith at all many not then many super leaders who have gone done miraculous thing but at this phase they could not stand for god instead of building the spiritual muscles they broke completely because they did not understand that this is how jesus is building their spiritual muscles and now they come to the last part of the of the of uh, the building your faith is uh, what was the first then he allows the storm to test your faith and the third is he leaves you in the storm this is the worst phase you cross this phase the last phase is the most beautiful part he leads you to calm waters he will lead you to calm waters moment you go through this entire phase you have gone through this entire journey the storm you have tested your faith you have stood still your spiritual muscles are built up and then you are looking around you you are seeing the things going around you but you have not given up on god you are still confident and god sees that the last thing he does is what now he says okay my child is built up now what does he do when they start crying to him he gets up and what does he do what does he do he calms the storm what does he do he calms the storm and he says peace be still you may be going through so much of crisis in the life if you reach this point of your this point of your life and then you look to jesus and jesus is now looking at you and he looks at your storm in your life and he says storm be calm peace be still but the problem will come if you abort at the third stage if you abort at the third stage what do you mean by abortion not a medical termination of pregnancy that i'm talking about but if you abort from doing what god has called you to do at that phase if you do not stand strong you will be completely destroyed in your life are you understanding your muscles will not be built up you are so close to the shore you're so so close to the shore that you are not able to see it with your physical eyes but the shore is so close by to you but that storm has completely blinded you and instead of turning to god during the storm you have now gone into fear and worry and anxiety and depression and that will completely destroy you and now you go away from god you don't develop your spiritual muscles you break down many people break down at that point doesn't mean that is the end of the world god will give you some rest and he will lead you through another storm he will lead you through another storm you will have to start from point 1 go to point 2 go to point 3 and then at that time in point 3 if you stand by faith you will reach the shore 
that peace be still and even you reach the peace be still the last point where jesus will calm your storm i remember when my mom got so seriously sick the last couple of times you know and everything was going everything was going wrong in her life but suddenly suddenly out of the blue when we didn't give up on god and said lord let your will be done we send her mom into your hands we know you are her god you have created her her lungs are functioning perfectly everything is going we never give up on god not one day would we have opened our mouth any one of us and asked god why why lord why in spite of the intense persecution from different areas no lord why lord why me never asked went through all those phases and stood still you know stood still and said lord you are god everything suddenly everything fell into place everything became sorted out so god just okay you have come out of the storm now god said he looked at the storm and he looked at the storm and he said be still and instantly all the issues around us got sorted out you understanding did you understand yes so that means that we have to go through this process not once but this is the process of our entire life <laughs> this is the process of our entire okay we may say okay we have gone through the entire the storm i have stood through the storm i have come out now is over finished my story is over i'm done with it's over now no more storms in my life no 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 you go through the second storm again different kind of a storm but this time your antennas are all up now you are recognizing the symptoms are you understanding you are recognizing what is coming up you are recognize now you can pinpoint okay this is this is happening now god is leading me into the storm storm was not created by god the problem was not created by god but god is still leading me through the storm and when is leading through the storm now next time now my spiritual muscles oh okay great now i know what am i supposed to do now you know what you are supposed to do so now you can then you will reach a point when you say jesus is nowhere there i'm looking everywhere lord where are you is nowhere no problem now i've reached the third stage of my storm journey and now the next thing the breakthrough is just round the corner so one moment i say lord i surrender it to into your hands instantly the situation around us will just become normal you will not know how god works it's not our duty to know how he is going to set the things right but in an instant in a moment in a in specified period of time everything gets sorted out only when our spiritual muscles are all developed amen did you understand so when you go through this storm now will you go through an issue will you think about suicide why would you want to commit a suicide why would you want to come you know one thing you always remember in life a person whose role model is himself the moment the i gets destroyed somebody puts me down somebody makes fun of me somebody destroys me somebody calls me a fool or somebody calls me you're not god not good looking or somebody says you're not good enough for this job or somebody calls me anything the moment the i in me is oh gone down oh nobody likes me nobody nobody you know nobody loves me so i i can't live i need to commit suicide i need to die they commit suicide you know there was a newspaper article just a few days back about a girl who used to send out messages in twitter i don't know where, which which thing she used to send out twitter and she did not get many people giving likes to her i am not in twitter or instagram or facebook nothing i am nothing only whatsapp is enough for me that itself takes so much of my time so i do not know about all these things but i read in the news that this girl was not getting many likes so she gets so depressed my friends are liked by so many people they are so more, more beautiful they are this they are that so what she did she took a whole bunch of tablets swallowed the tablet and she did a live streaming of her death and she said at least now you please pass it pass it around please forward this video to all your friends what kind of a person would she be so self uh, 
everything is me it's me my life starts with me ends with me so as long as her role model is her, as long as she is the role model of her life and she is the center of her life she got destroyed because the i in her was not satisfied for some people the parents are role models for some people the politician is a role model for some people the teacher is a role model so one of them falls the ideology falls have you seen when one of the major superstar dies you will see a so many people hung themselves oh, what i get so angry why on earth why are not you killing yourself this makes no sense he is died he is dead but why are you killing yourself or if a film actress also falls down get some injury somebody would have jumped down from the top of the house why because for them their focus is that person you understanding the truth behind if it is me and the me dies or the me gets hurt the me gets humiliated i have nothing else to do so i commit suicide or if my focus is my father so my father shouts at me oh my my father is alive for me and today he shouted at me i can't take it so i'll go jump down from the top of the house or if my school teacher shouted at me i can't take it whatever she said it's like oh i used to idolize my school teacher i loved my school teacher and today how she could speak like that about me the child is so broken and they just go and end their life why because they have put their focus on the wrong people i'll tell you you put your role model as jesus he is the only one who will never ever fail you who will never ever fail you whatever may happen on earth he is that one rock that you can stand by so if anything else goes wrong in your life your focus is jesus and you look up to him you will never think of either going to depression or ever ending your life so the problem with this world is their self centeredness and their wrong modeling that whom they are looking up to so we need to model christ so when we model christ even anything goes wrong in us we look at christ we model him we will never think about giving up a life or going into depression are you understanding so if people come to you with this issues this is how you are going to teach the word to them did you understand did i make it easy for you to understand yes so you know the storms are going to come you enter the kingdom of god how how what did paul and barnabas say through many persecution it is not one persecution it is many persecutions so this many persecutions ranjita don't get worried ranjita even in that persecution i tell you you stand with the lord he is holding your hand he will take you through and but when you reach the point the third phase don't give up at that point first and second phase his hand is holding you third phase he will leave you in the third phase you stay strong your breakthrough is just find the corner so that third phase we have to cross and the third phase when we cross we will become mature christians we will become like shadrach meshach abednego we will become like abraham that even the he told to take the dagger and kill his son we will never doubt god we will never doubt god because god will always show up if the jericho will come down the red sea will part for you the goliath will fall for you everything will open for you only that is that you walk by faith and develop your spiritual muscles so apart from writing let your will be done what you will write below that develop i will develop my spiritual muscles so tell each other i will develop my spiritual muscles i will don't tell i will develop your spiritual muscle tell i will develop my the battle is yours you are not telling anybody yes brother tell me brother george
Yes, definitely. Yeah, praise God. This is fantastic. Give a big round of applause for Brother George. Yeah, so the, uh, the thing is that it's chaotic all around, but for God, He is the author of peace. He is peace Himself. He is the author. He is the author of the, of the nature, of the created things, of the sun, moon, stars, of the, of the sea, of the ocean. Everything He has created. Everything obeys Him. So He is no way perturbed or anything. He is peace magnified. His peace personified. He is peace himself. So that peace of his also radiates out and when he opens his mouth and says, Tom, be still, everything becomes peaceful in life. So that's why I had put the little message which I sent sometime back last yesterday or something, you know. The peace that God is giving you is not the peace that this world is giving you. Okay, go sit in that posture, meditate, take a deep breath, relax. Take a deep breath, relax. You will be in peace for 10 minutes. The moment you step out of that uh, yoga center, you will be totally in. It's gone. It's that little moment you find that peace. Or they say, okay, go to Goa, go near the beach, go near a shack, put a nice, you know, uh, what what is that, to sleep? What do you call that? Hammock. And go and lie down. Only the wind is blowing. Look at the sunset and you will be in peace. You will be in peace because nature has kind of a calming effect. And two minutes later your wife will come and tell you something or your children will come and do something and where does that peace go? The peace completely gets shattered, gets disrupted, gets destroyed. So Jesus is not talking about that kind of peace. What Jesus is saying that you are standing in the storm you are in the center of the storm. Your people are around you. They are persecuting you. You are getting bad news from everywhere. Everybody is telling that, you know, your life is at stake. Your marriage is at stake. Everything is going havoc. But at that moment, in that precise moment, I am giving you my peace. So in that situation, when my peace is there with you, then all that situation will not trouble you. You will be still be calm, you will be able to make the right decision and you will walk out of the storm. This is the peace that God has promised to give his children. Amen. And that is the peace we need to seek. We don't have to run to a mountain or we don't have to run to a sea or we don't have to run to a yoga class or we don't have to run to Hawaii or anywhere to find peace. Peace is the one where you are. Jesus will give that peace and that peace in the midst of the storm. That is the peace that Jesus gives. You ask him and he will give out of it. Amen? Did you understand? Did you understand? So next time the storm comes, are you going to get scared? Are you going to be a sugar parent or you want to be a parent like Jesus? Those who are going to get married, those who are not yet married, going to get married also. This is amazing teaching for you. If someone had taught me this long back, I would have not many made many of the mistakes which I have made with my kids. I would have let them go and you know, I would have not gone and picked them up or you know, each time try to protect them I would have let them become make some mistakes, you will learn through it you will learn through it, you will learn through it I am there, but you go through those processes you go through little boyfriend didn't talk to you, no problem, it's okay, life will go on, tomorrow will come, girlfriend didn't talk to you, no worry, you will get another girlfriend after a few days, don't worry, life still goes on you don't sit down with them like it's the end of the world. There's no tomorrow. You don't become like that. It's like part of growing up. It's You go through all these processes and you will come out better and stronger and you will become the person God has created you to be. Amen? Amen. Amen.